Are you a podcaster? Maybe you've got that big idea and you're looking for a network to join. The multi-award-winning Ozcast Network can get your content to eyes and ears all over the world. Join now for the first month free, and you could be featuring this sound at the beginning of your podcast. Ozcast. Simply head to ozcastnetwork.com for details. Caitlin Parker, welcome to the Unlaced Podcast. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you on. You're up in the, the Gold Coast at the minute, aren't you? Yeah, I am at the moment. Loving so it up here. You've broken out of everyone we're having on this show is broken out of Melbourne to be somewhere else for, for training. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, training, bit of the beach as well. But nah, yeah. Nah. <laughs> so, so good. Just what are you? Free- what are you um so what are you doing up there? One, obviously you've gone up there specifically for training, but are you in like a training camp or are you just up there with your coach or a team? Yeah, so um two others and myself went up to come and train with our Australian head coach who's currently up here as well. So to get that um to get back into a normal routine again, um, be able to train with other people because you can go mad training by yourself every day for the last six months, you know. So Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, having some normalcy in our routine training with our head coach and like, you know, putting the gloves on again and getting in the, the ring for some sparring as well. So I love yeah. it. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So are you, the type of training you're doing right now, like how intense would it be? I mean, is it always intense for you? Cause I, I assume leading into fights is probably more intense than not, but. Yeah. Yeah. So um, like we usually train three times a day. Um, At the it's moment we're just twice a day. Yes. A lot, but we're, it's all like short, sharp sessions. So it'd be like an hour, like maybe over like an hour and a half each session so okay. it's all kind of short sharp stuff but we just you know keep ticking over but at the moment we're doing two sessions a day um and then you know that's just conditioning and strength work in the morning and then at night it's just boxing so we're just going around to different gyms as well so we're training at one gym in the gold coast and we've been going to brisbane every day oh not every day but you know um quite often to train at other gyms and just yeah just see people again <laughs> that's awesome so do you do when you go to the other gyms are you kind of doing that as well to spar different opponents or different styles and just change it up from the partners yeah, you're training a l- yeah a little bit but at the moment I think our coach just um you know wants to get around and and, and work with the different gyms and different coaches um and yeah if they want if they ask me for sparring I'm always I'm always up for it I'm always ready so <laughs> that's a born fighter you aren't you um, yeah love it I, I, I've, I'm I'm a massive boxing fan, by the way. Um, so awesome. yeah, but and and also m- more recently, I actually started. I didn't start boxing, but uh, the gym I actually went to, they had like a proper boxing setup, and I just threw on the gloves because I was like, I, I had a really bad hip, so I couldn't do a lot of cardio. So boxing was kind of okay for it, but yeah. it wasn't as. And I just fell in love with it, like the fitness and like instantly just the mind of like. I guess how intense the training is because um, I was doing some, I was training with someone and he was kind of, we're doing like th- um, three minute rounds for like 12 rounds, like just different exercise, but I was, I was fucked. <laughs> <laughs> so I it admire so, so much. Full body workout as well though. People kind of don't realize, you know, you think you're just like moving your hands around, but it really is your whole body gets into it. It's so intense boxing. And so I think like boxers, in my opinion, without, training in every form of sport but i feel like boxers train the hardest because or they're the, they're the most dedicated because it's like a body and mind um like there's so much sacrifice on your body to stay in 
stay in shape all the time like yeah it's a lot in our bodies but as well i i really enjoy it and i really love moving around with people like i feel like i have a lot of respect for like swimmers and things like that that look at the same line and like i feel like that is not a whole nother mindset like i feel with boxing it's, i'm always thinking i'm always trying to um develop new skills and and different tactics and stuff whereas if i was yeah i, I couldn't i couldn't um swim or row or anything that just like takes perfecting just that one skill and being the like that that's that's a i have a lot of respect for other athletes yeah like. yeah true true but no I, i'm i'm a massive fan of boxing I, um i can't wait to see i guess more fights and even you know now building up for you I'm, i did want to detail just for some of the listeners who aren't aware of um caitlin parker and some of her successes and please correct me if i'm wrong here on some of them because <laughs> i did do my research and we do have some mutual friends that were kind of helping me out but oh. um <laughs> no, but you are <laughs> hey, yeah, no, but for, for the listeners out there, she, Caitlin Parker is pretty much the, the highest internationally ranked female amateur boxer in the country, in Australia, right? Um, yeah, as of 2019, they didn't do it in 2020, but yeah. Well, so we'll carry that over to 2020, so yeah. that's still relevant. Um, you've just won a, you've won a lazy seven Australian championships. Um, you're a bronze medalist at the Junior World Championships in Turkey. Um you're a silver medalist at the Youth World Championships, a bronze medalist at the Youth Olympic Games, and then also a silver medalist at the Com Games more recently in, yes. in the Gold Coast, which is, I mean, it's not a, it's not a bad CV um, for, some, for someone as your age who's, you know, just starting to hit her straps and obviously achieving for bigger. And there's a lot more to come, I feel. And I, I do want to go through some of the more recent experiences as, I guess, more people are becoming aware of, of you know, your, your talent as a boxer and, um uh, and I guess you're becoming more and more known with with the Olympics coming up and and whatnot. But obviously, you've been fighting for as long as you can probably remember, or done combat sports for Most for a very life. long time. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, when did you when did you start? And did you start in boxing, or was it a different form of combat? Or I I started boxing when I was 11, but I actually started with taekwondo. So I did taekwondo first. Um, and you know, if you've done your research, you probably know that my dad um, was the main reason for starting Taekwondo because he wanted me to get a black belt in Taekwondo before he would let me walk to school by myself, you know. So he wanted me to be able to look oh, after epic. You know? Yeah, yeah. So I got a black belt in Taekwondo. I had my first fights there, but I've like always been big for my age. I was like nine years old fighting like 15 year olds and stuff in Taekwondo. <laughs> yeah there's there's a there's a myth actually and then i do want to hear about your taekwondo story but there's a myth that supposedly yeah, yeah. when you were 13 you fought a 25 year old no no it is that was the first time i stepped into the ring it was an exhibition <laughs> my first time in the ring was a 25 year old <laughs> that is ridiculous yeah yeah if so, i was 25 fighting a 13 year old i would one i'd probably put my hand up and say like, this can't be right and two i wouldn't want to fight because if i lose i'm not looking at myself <laughs> in the mirror afterwards I feel like I look old of my age. Maybe she didn't realize. I don't know, but yeah, it's pretty, <laughs> yeah, pretty crazy now that I think about it. But um, you know, got me to where so I am now, isn't it? <laughs> that's a, yeah, true. But that's a pretty unique. I mean, that's awesome by your dad. I think that just yeah, you can't walk to school by yourself until you're a black belt in taekwondo. Like, yeah. that's pretty epic. So, what was that the main reason that you started combat sports? Like, really based off your dad pushing you towards taekwondo? <laughs> Well, I started, so my first sport was dancing, but uh, you've come a long way from that. <laughs> and I'm like the most ungraceful person. Like, yeah, it's it's bad. But yeah. um, I, um, yeah, he got me into Taekwondo first. That was my first combat sport. And I, I was probably eight or nine. It was really young, um, probably even younger than that. But then, yeah, I did that. I got Taekwondo, but it was, I just, 
I had I'd had enough. I think I'd had enough. I got to black belt and you had to wait a couple of years until you could then get to the next Dan. Right. Uh, did a jujitsu and a bit of um, grappling and things. But once I started boxing, honestly, I just found, I, I fell in love with it. It's just, yeah. like you were saying, it's just, it's just something else. There's something about it. And I love, love proving myself and, you know, against the boys. I love proving myself that I, you know, I can, I can do it. I can get in there against anyone and I'm not scared. I, you know, love what I do. <laughs> do. Do you feel like the female, um, the female part of boxing is becoming bigger and bigger now and, and more respected or, or fighting for women in general? Cause I, I, I would say probably like, I don't know, 20, 30 years ago, a lot of people would have viewed boxing as a, a male dominant sport. Right. And now it's yep. like, we have female fighters that everyone's tuning into. So um, many more. And it's becoming so much popular as well on TV and things like that. It's so great to see because yeah, you know, we, female boxing wasn't big and still I get, so I get comments from people, you know, a lot of older people that are like, Oh, you know, you're a girl, you're fighting. Like, you know, <laughs> surely that's not forever am i it's it's my career you know this is this yeah. is what i do <laughs> it's awesome so w- did you fight a lot of like males growing up because i assumed there probably wasn't a a, a massive gym filled with female boxers when you, were, yeah. when you were starting out so i couldn't actually fight in the ring with them but i that's all i who i'd work with is just all guys i remember the first time i stepped into um my gym in perth um with fox i stepped into there and i he put me with one of these guys and he was Australian champion. And I was like, I was amazed. Wow. You're the best in Australia. Like uh, that, like I just <laughs> working with him and I was like, just amazed by it. Um, um, yeah, nah. I can't. That, that's, that's awesome. No. Cause one, one thing, um, what, when, what age did you start boxing? Were you 11? Did 11, you say? 11, 11. Yeah. I had my first, like, Oh, I had my first time in the ring when I was 13. I honestly just lost where I was going with that before, but I'm back. So <laughs> okay, <we> got you. <laughs> I love that. You're allowed to be lost and come back as much as you want. It's all cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it happens to me every, every episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So exactly. I started boxing when I was 13, but I, I really um, struggled to get fights because I, yeah. like I felt like I'm a weight in, I think I was, when I was 13, I weighed like 70 kilos and I fight at 75 now. So I'm pretty much the same size since I was 13. And, you know, fighting girls my age and weight was extremely hard. Um, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. yeah. So it was, it was a lot of patience for me. I had to, I had to be very patient and just keep training and just be ready for when I was able to get a fight. So yeah, my, my, I went to the, my first world championships at 15 and I'd only had, I think that was my eighth fight there. So it, I really wow. didn't have experience, but um it just yeah it's just the determination really from such a young age um just just always determined to just be at a, at a high level and try my best to succeed do you feel um like the skill sets and I, I relate this with a lot of the people we get on the show around their sports and their disciplines but particularly in boxing I feel like there's so many life metaphors in like the boxing ring that the day-to-day life becomes a bit more experienced because like it can't it can't get worse than getting hit in the face or getting KO'd and then getting back in. You know what I mean? Like, I feel there's so many fundamental um, benefits that translate into like day-to-day life. But do you, do you, do you find that? I mean, do you, do you find being a boxer gives you an edge like in the, in the real world at all? I feel like from a young age, when I first came into the gym, I was very, a very, very shy individual. Um, and I had a, not a lot of self-confidence at all. I feel like through my boxing experiences, um, coming through the ranks from like a young age as well, I feel like it really brought me out of my shell. Um, it gave me more confidence. You know, I, I felt I felt a lot better mentally and physically when I was boxing, and um, yeah. it did it did a lot for me. And it and it and it 
like I said, it does toughen you up. You know, I'm sparring boys from a young age. Like I'm trying not to show them. Like if you know, they they sometimes they could you know get me a good one, and I, I'd be hurt. But I'm sitting there like, no, I'm fine. Like you know, just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. You know, I never yeah. want to show show them. Like I'm just yeah. I just want to just be in there with them. I wanted to be I wanted to be one of the boys. You know, I just wanted to be in there um, against them. I didn't want them to see me as weaker or anything like that because I was a female. You know, I wanted to I wanted to come across as tough. And and yeah, that came through the years. That, that makes you unique, I think. But I, I, I think one thing, um, not regret for my parents not doing it, but what I would have loved if I was young was would have going into like a combat sports early for like self-confidence and development and like, you know, just to hold your own generally day-to-day life because I actually did a boxing fight at the start of the year. I got my ass whooped. But it was, I fought a guy I shouldn't have fought. He'd had 10 fights. It was my first fight. And it was like, a, it was a fuck up on the roster oh, of this exhibition. That's, that's a big mismatch there. But yeah, yeah. But anyway, the, the, ex- the ring, but- yeah, but that, this, and I was all of a sudden, it, it genuinely, I felt more confident in life going through that experience. So, but I was going to ask, is that something you would recommend for like, um, young, young kids, like their development socially and, and for self-confidence to, you know, m- maybe move into some sort of self-defense I, I, I feel like even if they don't jump in the ring or something, even if they just have some classes and, and I feel like there's so many benefits, not just boxing, you know, any kind of martial arts. I feel like it's good to have some kind of self-defense. Yeah. And like I said, it, it's um it's good for like individual motivation as well. Um, I mean, I came from team sports as well. I played rugby and things like that. I love both, but I feel like the individual is a lot of responsibility on yourself and you, you yeah. tend to have to have to take that responsibility and accountability for yourself. Um, and that, that, yeah, that, that teaches you a lot. Yeah. Is that, is that what I was about to say? Is that probably one of the hardest things in the sport is like, you're the one that's really got to pick yourself up and dust yourself off. Like it's not, you don't have 20 other teammates to say like, oh, we'll carry you through. Yeah. Well, well, the good thing is like, uh, boxing for Australia, I do have teammates. So we do travel together and stuff and we train together, but it's like I said, you got to be accountable. It's all on you. You know, you can't rely on anyone else. So you can't rely on your coach. You can't blame your coach for, you know, giving, not giving you the right advice. It's all on you. You can't yeah. wait till you get into the corner to be like, oh, what do I do? You know, you've got to think for yourself. Be yeah. there for yourself. Yeah. Um, and when you mentioned you fought, I think you're 15 fighting for Australia. So you've been fighting for Australia for like almost 10 years now, which is crazy because that's a super young age to be um, fighting for your country. But I, I've seen some of your fights and you're always wearing AIS clothing and I'm a former AIS athlete. So I just wanted to, did you, did you live at the AIS or do you go there for camps? No, I did. I, um, I've been there for camps a lot as well, but I actually moved to the AIS for about uh, it was a year, year and a half. Um, yeah. We traveled a lot still in that, but we moved there before the Commonwealth Games. So um, I loved it. I love being fully focused. So I don't know if you can hear that. It's pretty loud, yeah. but yeah. Um, <laughs> um so yeah I I moved there to be fully focused to have no distractions um and that's the best environment to be and you've got your food there you've got like great training of physios um everything and you don't have to travel far for it that's the thing you know when I was in Perth I was um driving you know an hour and trying to trying to train at waste and things like that and it's just it it does time consuming and it's energy consuming as well so to be at the AIS no distractions everything there ready to go the recovery center just great facilities it's awesome I, it's one thing like I, I always say to athletes going there now I'm like don't take that for granted because I'm like that's not mm-hmm. how even if you go to a bigger place um in your career like as a professional and like you're still not going to get better service than you get there because like I remember you could I could call up and a physio would be booked but there'd be 25 others that would be free 
or like yep. a massage therapist or and then the dining hall is just constantly like there's 18 different meals you can make or have like <laughs> have every time salad but, but like salads and the yeah different things it was so awesome good. um but i because i became fond of the boxes at the aas actually because um i don't know if he's still coaching but it was a german coach at the time when i was there i was there in 2010 <laughs> bodo. bodo that's it yeah. and like uh, it intense guy man <laughs> holy shit <laughs> it's so funny yeah so i um was in at the end of his um let's say rain era i don't know you know at the end of stage um so i got i got a bit of him and his his style was completely different so now we're trained um by coach kevin smith um and he's uh from liverpool but he's been training training us since 2014 and um such different training styles. I love it, but I really, really like uh, Coach Kevin and just his his brain for everything. And he he's really someone that's actually kind of taught us and and instilled the message in us to to be responsible for yourself and you know don't yeah. rely on other people. You know, it's all yeah, you. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, because when I was there, um, I was playing obviously soccer, and I thought we trained hard. I was like, we do doubles a day and this and that. And then the when I saw the boxes, how they trained, I'm like these guys are getting smashed every day. And I'm like, there's some day, like they're doing their own like tournaments or routines and they've got their own fights, they're traveling. And like, sometimes I'm coming in the dining halls, someone's wearing like eight jackets, trying to like lose weight and eating like a slice of cheese. Like they're not eating. And I'm like, this is just a whole different realm of commitment. Whereas we're doing whatever the fuck we want and training hard and having fun. It's just, it was a different level of like professionalism. I felt. It's the making weight bit that always makes people have to go that little bit harder and train that bit extra as well to kind of get weight off. And the eating, the eating, yeah. <laughs> sometimes yeah. some boxers will just not eat anything. Like I said, have like a slice of cheese, just like the, the randomest things. But they I, get, they I get walk past, yeah, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, are you serious? And he's like, hey, I've got to make weight. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> that's intense, man. Um, because you're you're in the middleweight class, aren't you? From a yep. So is that close to like your natural weight or do you have to cut quite a bit to, to make it? Um, I'm not too bad to be honest. Um, so I used to sit there now I've like built myself into a, like a bigger 75 so that I will have to cut. And, um, yeah, that, that's the best way to do it really. I, I feel like not cut too much, but just, just a little bit, make sure you're, you're healthy, you're lean, you're fit, ready to go. Um, but yeah, I, I, I used to cut quite a bit. I used to fight at 66 kilos when I was a junior, um and I just did not know how to do it I had no knowledge on it um on losing weight so I just dehydrate the crap out of myself and I'd uh wouldn't eat much I'd, I'd go to school with um like an apple or I'd go like with a boiled egg and tuna that's all I'd eat like I'll, and wow. I but that's the best thing to do is to starve yourself yeah. like now that I realized you know I used to and then I went to 69 kilos and started to realize oh you know the healthier way to do it but now 75 yeah I feel I yeah. feel great this way. oh good good um one thing for me, and we spoke of it earlier, like the accountability to individual sports and in boxing, like you've got to dust yourself off when you lose. And yes, you have a team around you, but ultimately you're the one getting in the ring and like going to fight again after a loss for, for something. But do you, I guess, and by the sound of it, you haven't had too many losses, which is uh, great, but recovering like your mentality when you recover from losses, because it's like a different loss and maybe you're used to it with boxing, but for me, it's like a different loss to playing soccer because like, it's not necessarily someone beating me in a physical nature. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's, I don't take, I don't take offense to that. But if I, if someone like knocked the shit out of me, I'd be like, fuck, I'd be gutted. And I, and there'd be like self-confidence and stuff. But so from your perspective, how do you 
recovered from losses and it's something that you've gotten better with with more experience I guess yeah um it's it's still tough it's so tough um I've I've had a couple of really tough losses um and you know I have my moments sometimes it's a lot harder when it's a very close decision if it's a split decision so um yeah boxing in the game final it's a split decision I took that really tough you know I thought all I had in my mind was like, I've got the gold medal, I've got the gold medal. And it was a split decision. I actually fought her uh, a couple of months after that and beat her as well. So I was like gutted that. Oh, no. Mattered. Yeah. Credit to you though. Yeah. So it was, it was a bit gutting, but you know, it is, it is so tough. It is so tough. So one of my hardest losses to date would have been um, not making the Rio Olympics. Yeah. Um, so that for me, I, t- I took that tough. Like I, I really thought you, it, you've got to have the mindset though. You've got to have the mindset that you're going, you're hundred percent there. Um, you've got to believe it. So I did all I had in my mind was like, I'm going to like, there's no way I'm not going to the Olympics. Like what would I do if I didn't, you know, I'm, I'm there. Um, yeah, so yeah, yeah. when I, when I, so there's two qualifications, one in China, one in Kazakhstan. And um, yeah, both decisions were tough one. They were very close or even I, I, you know, in boxing, you know, it's not like crossing a finish line, you know, it's a judge's, perspective so yeah they're, they're, yeah yeah i so in my head i'm thinking yeah i'm winning i'm winning the fight winning the fight so you get into the corner get into the you know in the middle of the ring at the end of the fight the ref puts the other girl's hand it's like what, what? you know so i think that's the hardest for me i can i think i can take like a, a decent loss i can take you know she, she got the better of me that time but if it's a close one it's just like oh you know i needed to do i could have done that a little bit more or you know you have yeah. those in your head and I took that really, uh, really tough actually. Um, and for me, I found that I needed to be with my support network. So when I, when I got home, I had to be with my family and friends. Um, mm. And I just had to like step away from it just, just until I was comfortable. And it wasn't that long, but you know, I just didn't want to think anything boxing. I just wanted to have my family and friends around me. I just wanted to enjoy their company. Yeah. And then yeah. um, and I came back to it with a stronger mindset. And honestly, from that experience, like looking at it now in hindsight, I was 20 years old. I had a long way to go still. And I had a lot more improvements than I needed to make. You know, I would have made it there, but I don't think I would have meddled or anything like that. So now I've come a long way and I've learned so much and uh, I had just so many more life experiences. So I feel like it's, it's toughened me up. It's toughened me up more, more so I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I know that I can actually I succeed at the Olympics now. You know, I'm not just going. I'm I'm going there to win. I'm got I've got there. I've got the gold medal on my mind. Nothing less. So, do you reckon you'll look back? Because I did want to talk about um, when I was talking about recovering from losses. I was like, probably one of the biggest you've had to date, which um, I guess you've even like you know, documented in different you know media forums around you know the the shattering experience of not making Rio because you were building yourself up for it, and obviously the next Olympics is like four years away, so it's a long time in between bouts. Um, but do you think you look back on it now as like that was a real defining point and the way you came through that is only going to make you a better fighter um, for it or does it still sting? I mean, no, nah, I feel like I'm I'm over that now and I feel like it, oh, you know, it's it sucks, but I feel like I wouldn't be where I am without that experience. Exactly, um, yeah. 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 That's cool because um, when I think of losing, well, not losing, but when I put yourself in that position, it's different to other sports. Like, I don't know, boxing, you get in the ring maybe a couple months later and fight someone else again. But when you're going, trying to make an Olympics and you don't, it's there's four years to the next one. Yeah. So did you ever doubt wanting to come back or did you want to, like, 
were you straight away like, no, I can't wait to get back in the ring and get, and get in for, for Tokyo? Or what was your... I already, I already knew that I my mindset straight on to Tokyo 2020, you know. Um, and then I knew that in the, in the in between that, the Commonwealth Games. So I had that I had that major goal. Like, no, nah, like, I always knew that I was going to go to the Olympics. Like, I always... That, that was my childhood dream. Like, I'm going to the Olympics. I didn't know what sport. Like, I thought I was going to go for rugby. And then I thought I was going to go for rugby and boxing. But we're here now. And I realised how much uh, training went into just one sport. So... Um, yeah true do do you you still um actually one thing this is what actually i think makes caitlin parker unique people is obviously the experience of you know shadowing experience of not making rio but you've literally just come out and said you want to be the first australian to win gold um at boxing in tokyo like this complete vast experiences and the expectation the drive you have i think is awesome like that makes you unique and i love that in fighting that i don't think other sports have it's like it's perceived cocky or arrogant or you're left to, like you go against the grain if you state what you want publicly or, or you, you know, you're putting out what you want to manifest. Whereas fighting, it's like, it's, it's a given. If you're not doing that, then like, or I know what I want and I know, yeah, yeah I'm going for nothing less. So that's fucking sick. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> oh, well, I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait for it. And do you think, I mean, has it a, the, the year, off or the the extension of the olympic games has that helped you or has that been just frustrating because it's been pushed back there's been a lot of frustrations um so you know so at, at the start i was supposed to actually fight in wuhan in china so wow. um two days, two days before we're leaving for there um yeah the city got shut down so like oh you know five weeks later we went for the actual olympic trial so that was a little bit of a lengthy process but then you know qualified happiest moment of my life Awesome. And then I um and then I get home and straight into lockdown and it was just more the more the unknowing, the unknowing of if I if the Olympics have been cancelled or or what. Yeah. Like I was just it was nervous about that. So it was actually a bit of a relief to hear that it had been postponed. Like I've, I've waited so long already. I can just wait one more year and I can make so many uh you know, so many little improvements. So the one percent is every day. If I just improve myself, just fix something slightly, one percent every day. I'll be that much better. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Um, <laughs> so what what do you have? You do you are you looking beyond Tokyo yet with like your boxing and fighting career, or is it is Tokyo the only thing that's important to you? Tokyo is the only thing on my mind now. Honestly, um, I don't yeah. think about anything else yet. Whatever, I, I'm not someone that will set something in stone. Like obviously, I've got my goal, and that's Tokyo. But after that, it's just I'll just see what happens. You know, Commonwealth Games will be a year after. Um, you know, I, I love what I do. So if I if I don't love it, I won't do it. I'll do it yeah. as much as I enjoy what I do. Yeah. Because um, what when you're fighting at the Olympics, I guess for, for my own understanding, that, does that make you uh, a pro boxer? Or is it when usually people go, because they usually post Olympics, then they turn pro, right? Um, so how, how does that like work for, for you? Is that something you want to do to turn pro post Olympics? If, if I'm sort of stating that correctly. Yeah. So, um, so what I do at the moment is like Olympic boxing. So, um, I get to fight for my country uh, and I get to travel the world doing, uh, different tournaments with boxing Australia and things like that. So yeah. I love that. I love that side of things. Um, I, I could look at going, uh, into professional boxing. It's just a different sport. It's, it's not like, um, it's just, yeah, completely different. You know, one's a sprint, one's a marathon. So I could look at doing professional boxing um, afterwards. But, yeah, like I said, I yeah. haven't got my plans set in stone yet. But, it, yeah, it could be an option. I love that. You're just tunnel visioned on one goal. And, like, until that's achieved, like, nothing else matters, right? Like yeah. I can have like all the plans in the world. But... 
yeah. Yeah, you don't want to over-psych yourself. I, I love that because I think sometimes athletes have too much of an expectation too far down the track and forget, um, you know, the, the small milestones and the small goals that can make, you know, what's next better. And if you can't control the now, like it's not going to, it's going to affect the future more so. So, um, no, one, one of the reasons why I was talking about pro and, and this is someone that one of our mutual friends, Tina, she mentioned to me that Clarissa Shields, who's, she's won Olympic uh, gold medals in boxing and, I think she's held like multiple world titles in like different weight divisions. Um, but apparently, and she's, I think one of the most revered boxing, uh, female boxers in the world today. So for people who don't know her, um, but apparently she gave you some high praise um, about your boxing. Um, I don't know if that's true, but if so, like what, what did she say or how did she see you fight? Um, so we, we've sparred a few times. Like we've known each other from the 2013 youth world championships. Just she's a year older than me. So right, we went okay. to and, um, we've sparred a bit and stuff, but yeah, she's done a bit of commentary on, um, some of the fights. She's, she's just a great girl. You know, she's, she's straight up as well, but, um, yeah, she's, she's, um, you know, when we sparred and stuff, she's, she's always, you know, let me know how it's going and stuff like uh, with, with us. So with her, she's, she's real good at, um, she, she, like, let the punches go fast and she will sit in. So I knew that I'm not going to like go and mix it with her. I'm going to stay out long and, you know, pick it off. So she, yeah, she yeah said that I was doing well with that. So yeah. yeah that's awesome. <laughs> Take that any day though. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, what, could, So given the amount of, and this is just to kind of branch away a little bit from sport because this is the other side of the athlete or the boxer that, you know, outside of those three sessions a day when you're in the ring, like there's a lot of recovery time and a lot of downtime and you travel so much, obviously. And I know I've seen it firsthand with the boxes at the AAS, the amount of tournaments they go to in, the, in some of the weirdest places too. Like, like you mentioned Kazakhstan before, like there's not too many sports <laughs> being taken there. Right. But, but how do you, I mean, one, do you enjoy all the traveling and like the different experiences and cultures you get to go to? I love it. It's, it's such a, like I, had only been to Australia and New Zealand before. Um, and now I've traveled to, I know, over like 20 countries and uh, multiple times as well. Like I've been to Bulgaria like four times and just <laughs> random places like that, um, which I never, you never would go really. Uh, I feel like to have that experience is invaluable. Um, and to be able to represent your country as, as you do that is just even better. I meet so many amazing people and go to countries and areas that, um, yeah, it makes you so unique to everyone else. Because, and I, I experienced it in my time at the AIS. We went to places around the world, and it was like everything was funded. And I'm playing a sport I love, and I'm like, this is this isn't normal. And, <laughs> um, but do, so, can you actually? This is for for me. Like, what's the best place you've been to? And then on top of that, what's the weirdest country you've been to, and why? Okay. okay. Um. So my favorite is actually a recent one. I went to Tokyo. Um. Or, or Japan, but I went to Tokyo. Uh, last oh, year, didn't like, you go to the arena where the where the fights are going to be? Yeah, yeah, I got to fight in the arena, so I, I was invited wow. to the uh, Olympic test event. So I think only three people in my weight division around the world were selected to go. So it was amazing. Oh, uh, I got to yeah fight fight in the arena um, and experience in Tokyo because obviously when I go to the Olympics, I'm so tunnel vision. Like I'll just be in the, the village. I probably won't leave, uh, and I, I'll I'll have my finals on the last day, so I'll be there the whole time. <laughs> So uh, to be able to go and actually, I was only there for five days, but I got a couple of days where I was able to just like go out and just have a little look around. And I was just amazed. There's so many crazy things to do. Tokyo's Uh, just so unique. uh, Sorry? I said Tokyo is so unique. It is. Um, It is. 
yeah, can't compare it to anywhere. I, I've been to Tokyo. I can't compare it to anywhere. And one thing I noticed about Japan, I don't know about you, but it's so clean. Like yep. everywhere yep. is so clean. Like the Everyone's road, so I'm like. Cool as well. Like so respectful. Yeah. One, one, one experience I had, this is what I always framed the Japanese. Like I'm so impressed by them and their mannerisms and how they like go about life because I ordered a car um, when I was there for soccer. Some of me and my teammates, we wanted to go. We had like a kind of like a team, sh- not a chauffeur, but like a guy who would organize us anything we needed. So he was kind of like the conduit for helping us get around. And he organized us a car and he came back to us. He goes, oh, the, the guy said, he, he asked where we want to go. We said, he goes, the guy will be here in seven minutes. Seven. Like we come from Australia, it'll be five, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. You know what I mean? He goes, he'll be in seven minutes. It ticks seven minutes. The car pulled up and I'm like, what? <laughs> like so punctual, you know? Um, but then, yeah. So what's the, what's the quirkiest place you've been to or some somewhere unique that, um, one that the, the country that shocked me the most really was um, India. Like when I went to New Delhi, it was just unlike anywhere else. It was just it was just crazy. It was mayhem. <laughs> so many people. It was just quite confronting in a way. And um, I mean, we were able to go and see the Taj Mahal because we were there on a training camp. So we had one day that we were able to go see the Taj Mahal and like to experience their culture. It's just, it is very unique as well, just in a yeah. total way. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I've I felt like that. Um, yeah, India. I've never been to, but I can imagine like what a, a culture shock that must be, right? Like, there's what two, how many billion people there, and plus it's I don't know if it's the most hygienic place, but it seems like a place that's just nonstop and chaos. It is chaos. It is. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the, and then the other the other piece, I guess, I'm keen to understand about that because one component is obviously you're traveling to all these places, but I also feel when you do travel in your position, you do see a lot of places from your hotel room. Like you don't get to really go be the cultural tourist and be, and people are like, oh, did you go to this? Did you go to that? You're like, no, nah, I didn't leave my hotel room for like two weeks. Yeah, very, very rarely we actually get to go and experience places. But if we're there in a training camp, we'll have like a Sunday off and we'll maybe go um, and do something. But like, I just went to, my last country was Jordan, um, Amman to qualify for the Olympics. So uh-huh. um, there's so, I really wanted to go see Petra and the Dead Sea. Uh, I wasn't able to do that. I was literally in the hotel room and the training fight venue the whole time. So I definitely have to, if I can go back there and just actually experience the place, even places in Europe, I'd, I want to go just to actually do the touristy things as well and yeah. eat what I want, eat what I yeah. like, go <laughs> And have a big Nutella crepe or something. That's what yeah. I would say. Get food poisoning <laughs> on the side of the street and it'd be okay. Like, you know. Yeah. yeah. I, I did that. I, I, I've been trouble. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, so I stopped playing, just so for, for UK, I stopped playing soccer when I was young. But um, when I was playing at a relatively high level, um, one of the tournaments I went to was in Colombia. And I was like, just looking at this place from my hotel room and I'm like, this looks like the coolest place ever. So I actually made, like I made a note to myself. I'm like, I'm coming back here when I'm not like an athlete and I'm just going to explore the fuck out of it because I really want to see it. And I got the opportunity to do that a few years ago and I was so amazed by it. And I'm like, how unfair was it that I came here like six, seven years ago and just couldn't couldn't go outside and experience the culture or the people um, yeah, the lifestyle and stuff and <laughs> yeah so, but and then f- from the other aspect to traveling and, and you mentioned obviously there's a lot of downtime outside of fighting but how do you keep like balanced like you know what's what who's Caitlin Parker away from the ring um so for many many years until um 
isolation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> isolation changes everyone. No, um, it does. It's <laughs> so for many years, I always thought my whole focus has to be on boxing, nothing else. I can't do anything else, you know. Um, and isolation, I started studying and I've gone back to study uh, at La Trobe University in Carlton College. So I'm doing a um, sports uh, coaching and development course and I love it. And I awesome. just, it, it complements what I do so well and I can take a lot of the knowledge that I get and actually apply it and, and just see how it works in real time. And I'm thinking, why didn't I do this so much sooner? You know, I just always thought like, nah, nothing can distract me. But it actually has done the opposite. It's actually helping me. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd just be like in between trainings and stuff. I'd just be like um, just resting for the next session. I'd always just be in in, the, in my room, eat, you know, have a rest next training session because you've always got to be ready and it takes a yeah. lot out. Yeah, no, I, I'm so proud of you for that. I mean, you're still really young. So starting studying now, I think it's a great step in your career because the amount of PlayStation and TV shows I watched when I was playing, like, you know, because I didn't, I didn't give a shit about anything else other than soccer. So my, my mindset was the exact same as you. Like, I'm, I need to be the best boxer or else, like, nothing else matters. Yeah. And then I actually found, like, shortfalls and shortcomings with that approach because I came out of the sport, like, not on my terms. So I literally had to, like, restart and I didn't have you know, that, you know, boxing, for example, to keep me different, keep me motivated, keep me disciplined, keep me hungry. Like once, once that was taken away from me or had to come out of it, it's like really fucking vulnerable. Cause I was like, I, I didn't have a skill set anywhere else. Um, that's, tough. that's so tough coming out of something you, you, you've been in the mindset and you, that's all you do for so long. And then just to have that taken away from you, I, that's, that's hard. That's uh, hard. Yeah, it's hard, but it's funny. Cause there's, people that and I thought it was harder on me because I'm like oh, I didn't come out on my terms and I spoke to a few of my friends who'd like been pro athletes their whole career and came out on their terms they're like nah man it's still fucking hard when you come out on your terms because you're so used to it you're so used to being unique and um that's why I think it's good you're, you're applying stuff elsewhere and seeing it broaden your even capability and what you're special at with boxing because um you know like you can't fight forever but at the same time whilst you're there you don't want to not maximize what you've got yeah, exactly. I feel like it's a good step in the right direction for me, actually thinking about the future after boxing for once. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not been like that for so long. But, yeah, I, I, I feel happy. I'm, I'm proud of myself for, for doing it as well. I think you have to be a little bit crazy to be, be, be like you, surely. <laughs> yeah to find fun and just smashing other people must be must be cool <laughs> and enjoying it <laughs> yeah and enjoying it yeah no i, I don't think i i'm confidently gonna say i'm not getting in the ring with you ever um unless you want to hold pads for proud, you know, <laughs> oh no way so i reckon i reckon you would be like no we'll just touch gloves it'd be fine and then like natural instinct would come in and you'd, you'd clock me and i'd be sleeping you got me one i just have to like get you on back and then just yeah like, exactly oh. and then i'd be scared to hit you because i'm like i can't make her angry because if she starts <laughs> trying i'm dead <laughs> but you you train so you're uh, you're from wa and you've obviously moved around a bit you're in the gold coast now but you you're based in melbourne like you do your training here yeah i'm right? all over but yeah i i've moved to melbourne um and i still have my um my people in WA and I still have sponsors in WA, but yeah, I, I've moved to Melbourne and um, so I, I feel like I base myself. I've got two homes, but um, I love it in Melbourne. I'm I'm down in um Mornington area. It's beautiful, so beautiful. Yeah, 
It's the best. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Well, now you hopefully you'll you'll be back soon and life's getting more normal here. So, um, but but one of the final things I wanted to to say um was just around like the competitions now and and the process to Tokyo, um, like what does that look like for you, um, from a training and like competition point of view to to be ready, I guess. Yeah. Um. So. This is all unknown at the moment. Um, yeah, it can be frustrating okay. as well, but we just, like I said, so I've come up to Queensland to get back into a routine and just make sure that my conditioning and my strength is um, is good at a good level, that I've got a good base so that when I have to come into a fight camp um, that I'm, I'm ready and I'm in a good shape and I'm uninjured and things like that. Um, so, yeah, like, there's still going to be the second qualifications because – Boxing as a sport uh, went through half of the qualifications. So we finished um, Africa did their qualifications, Asia and Oceania, which I did. They went yeah. to Europe and they stopped it halfway through. So they've still oh, got to no. go and to the Americas as well. And then um, Australia. So if you didn't qualify in the first event, you've got one more chance and that's a world qualifier. So at the moment, it's just up in the air about when that will happen, oh, where, um, and then, for the other boxes to be ready. So obviously I don't need to do that. I just need to kind of focus on the Olympics, which I'm so thankful for. It's um, that makes your situation so much better. <laughs> like imagine I, I, to... for me. I, I feel for my other teammates who actually still have to do that, but I know that they're all tough and you know, they'll, they'll, they'll get through. They'll come out of it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Caitlin Parker. Parker. Oh, I... yeah. We're, we're wrapping up. We're wrapping up oh, on the 1%. Okay. So yeah, we're good. Nah, I just want to thank you for coming on the podcast. I think a lot of life life lessons come out of boxing. I think everyone who's listening in will be rooting for you in Tokyo, and especially now we've heard a bit more about your story and the challenges to get to Tokyo. It wasn't like you were gifted Olympic qualification or going to be gifted gold, but you're going for it. So the Unlaced podcast and all the listeners were supporting you along the way. And um, I will post content of like maybe – Katie punching me one day or something, or me. We'll have to do to a little pads. training session together. Yeah, yeah, we'll document it <laughs> and f- purely for comedy purposes because I'm sure I'll get my ass whooped. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to it now. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure and uh, good luck with all your training over the coming uh, weeks. Thanks and... so much for having me and I've enjoyed t- talking to you. So. Oh, cool, cool. Pleasure. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, thanks. Are you a podcaster? Maybe you've got that big idea and you're looking for a network to join. The multi-award winning OzCast Network can get your content to eyes and ears all over the world. Join now for the first month free and you could be featuring this sound at the beginning of your podcast. OzCast. Simply head to OzCastNetwork.com for details.